everyone, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck, and I am so glad that you're on and uh, that we have a chance to talk together. Um, and when we ask what's up right now, um, I think probably there's only one thought on most people's mind, at least right now in this moment, um, and that is where our country is. Uh, our nation right now is reeling uh, from an injustice that was committed, but it's not just one, it's many injustices that were committed. And then it's also uh, that it's broke out in protest, uh, which sometimes has included looting which and violence. And, and a lot of people are suffering right now. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people aren't sure what to do. Um, so normally on these kind of podcasts and time together, I like to look for ways to joke around. But there won't be any of that today. Um, it's too serious. Uh, so when I've been thinking about what's up, I'd like just to have a dialogue. Uh, you may not agree with everything I say, uh, which is okay. I hope we could uh, disagree even and not be disagreeable. I hope we could dialogue and realize that it's in listening to each other, uh, that we could learn more. Uh, and that might be one of the best pathway, pathways to get through all this. Um, so I'm going to share some of my feelings right now and talk with you about um, what I've been praying about, what I've been wrestling with. Um, uh, in this season. Uh, I feel like I wear um, a couple of different hats when we do this. One is my own personal feelings, uh, how I feel as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as someone who loves people. Man, I also have a role as a pastor. Um, and, and how do I lead our church and lead our people? Uh, and so that goes into what I'm about to share. Um, but I want you to know that um, Pam and I, not that long ago, like many of you, were sitting at home and up came the news story about George Floyd. And I was in shock that that man would die the way he died. That his death would come about the way it did. Um, we sat there, we couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I really couldn't believe it. And a few people who are close to me wondered why it took me so long to get out and say anything about this. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I was in shock. I, I don't know um, how we could live in a country where these things can continue to happen again and again and again. Now, I know uh, that the policemen who did this should never have done this. I know what happened could not have been more wrong. I also want to say that this doesn't indict every other police officer that's out there. In the same way that I, as a pastor, I just can't stand it when some people who have the role of pastor use it to uh, molest children. Well, that doesn't define who the rest of us are. Uh, or they use it to take advantage of people, or they use it to rip people off for money. Lots of people who have the name pastor do things like that. But I want you to know there are thousands and thousands of pastors who would never do such a thing. And I believe and know there are thousands and thousands of police officers who would never do what was done that day. But I also know it's not just one. And I also know that those who are a part of the black community are trying to get out a message to us to say it's got to end. It can't keep happening. And uh, I, I believe when I think about what scripture says in Micah 6, 8, it says that God has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord God require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. 
and all followers of Jesus, we need to say we want to be for justice. And whenever injustice happens, we can't be okay with that. We can't let it slide. We can't keep silent. We've got to, we got to stand up. We've got to speak out. That's what the church is for. We're on earth to stand against injustice. And uh, we need to do that. And uh, there may be some of you in the black community now who may hear this and say, who are you as a white man to speak up? Um, and I'm not sure who I would tell you, what I would tell you other than I have to. Uh, and, and I have to say it's wrong. And uh, I have to call for our church to take a stand and say that it's wrong. Can we make a difference? Well, I know we can't make a difference if we stay silent. I know we can't make a difference if we don't do something. Uh, and, and I believe that the Lord has called us in these last days to be different and to be difference makers, uh, to be a part of joining the cause of Christ that says that justice must prevail and injustice can't be ignored. And so we need to do that. So uh, as I sat there that night on the couch, comfortably on a couch, knowing a man lost his life and that that's not the first time. Um, I was in shock. And I don't know how anybody else would tell me you were too, but I was. Um, and so what I can say, though, is, is as I've been processing this, I've come to two things I want to share. And you decide if they're meaningful to you. They are meaningful to me. Number one, the problem's real. The problem is real. Um, people in the black community have uh, been too often impacted by violence, have to live in fear, don't have the freedoms uh, and the opportunities that those of us who are white have. That's a problem. And it's real. And to just ignore it and claim it's not real, that's not okay. Uh, it's not okay with God. As a matter of fact, listen to what it says in Proverbs 24, 11 and 12. It says, deliver those who are being taken away to death. That's my calling. That's your calling. Deliver those who are being taken away to death and those staggering to slaughter. Oh, hold them back. If you say, see, we did not know this, does he not consider it who weighs the hearts and does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to a man according to his work? And so I can't say that it's not happening because I know it is. I can't say it's not a problem because it is. I can't say that people aren't suffering because they are. I, I watch some of the anger that's out there. By the way, most of the protests, I believe, have been peaceful. I know there have been those that haven't, but most have been peaceful. And they're right to do it. It's right to protest now. It's right to say enough is enough. But I certainly can't say it's not happening. I can't say I don't know. And God warns me. He warns me as a man. He warns me as a pastor. He warns me as a Christian, don't say you don't know. Don't say you don't know. And, and don't sit silent and don't, don't sit on the sidelines. We can't do that. And, and if we love Jesus, then we have to love people. If we love God, we've got to love people. In 1 John, it says this, how can I say I love God whom I've not seen if I won't love my brother who I can see? And that brother, by the way, may have a different skin color than me. And I need to love. 
And if I love, I'm going to care. And if I care, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak out. And I'm not going to act like the problem's not real. I'm not going to do that. And so uh, that's the first thing that I want to say that I've been thinking about. The problem's real. Um, But I would say this. Let me get really honest. It hasn't been real enough to me. Now, maybe that's not true for you, but it has not been real enough for me. And why did it take this time? Uh, What about so many others that, that have lost their lives because of the color of their skin or been roughed up on a sidewalk because of the color of their skin? Um, and some of you, uh, who are part of the Crossroads family know that I think I've been consistent as your pastor, uh, in speaking out against racism. Um, but I don't know that I, I don't think I've owned it enough. And for all of those who are part of our Crossroads family that are part of the black community too, I am so glad you're a part of our family. Uh, and if you need to say, Chuck, you should have done better, you could have done better, then I'm going to tell you that's probably true. Um, by the way, I also want to say to all those who are Asian uh, that, you know what, I should have spoke out quicker when people were using a virus that you have no part of uh, to, to, to act like, you know, somebody because of who they are ethne- in their ethnicity would be a part of that. Um, that I think that one was so crazy, I just couldn't even mean to address it, but I should have. I should have addressed it. Uh, God wants us to stand for each other, to love each other, to defend one another. I can't say I don't know. You can't say you don't know. And and so that's not going to work. It's not going to work with God, and it never has. And so the first part of that processing in my mind is, hey, Chuck, you know. And uh, to my staff, we know. To our Crossroads Church family, we know. And we can make a difference. Uh, We really can, and we will uh, in, in this moment. Uh, so that would be the first thing I would say is, number one, the problem's real. The second thing I would say is this, the path to peace is only walked with Jesus. Uh, there is a path to peace. Even in the last days, there's a path where justice will happen, where people will be defended, uh, where rights will be given. But I want you to know that it's time-tested and Bible-proven that the only way to get there is with Jesus himself. And you and I need to live by that. We need to to love like that. Uh, we need to make sure we're not going to ever give up on that. And and so the, that path is found when we speak up and we speak out, and and we do it in a way that that it honors Christ. Uh, we do it in a way that is love overcoming hate, light shining through the darkness to drive the darkness away. That's how it happens, and that's what we need to do. And so when I think about what the Bible says, I think about Romans chapter 14, where it says this, that you and I should bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Notice when someone does something to me, I don't act back with violence. I don't act back with vengeance. So non-violent protest. A non-violent stand is the most powerful stand we can make. So I'm going to bless and not curse. It says this, it goes on to say, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And right now, I think a lot of us are weeping because so many others are weeping. Then it says, be of the same mind to one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. 
and never pay back evil for evil to anyone. So again, nonviolence. Choose love over hate. Choose courage over those who would be bullying, but stand strong. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If peace is possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never, listen to these, listen, listen, listen. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And I do trust God's going to repay. I do trust that. Then it says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, verse 21, do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how it works. Violence will beget violence. Hatred will grow hatred. Evil will grow evil. So don't be overcome by evil. In this season, don't be overcome by evil. Don't let fear take over in a time like this. Don't let bitterness take over at a time like this. Uh, don't take, don't allow yourself to be filled with any kind of idea of vengeance or hatred. God says, do something better. Overcome evil with good. Good can overcome evil, and evil in the end can overcome good. Is uh, that been time tested? Without a doubt. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi uh, stood against racism and oppression in the nation and uh, the continent of, or the nation of India, and he led a nonviolent protest where he finally brought independence to India. By the way, many people don't know this. Uh, his his marching orders were found in the Sermon on the Mount, and and so he looked to that. He believed in that. He thought you should live that. Was he a Christian? No, but he knew the truths of the Bible would work. And so he lived that out, and he brought independence to India and freedom to India. And when he was done, when he had finally done that, he was invited to Great Britain, and he, they threw him a parade, and they gave him a standing ovation. Why? Because good overcame evil. And uh, one of the passages he memorized and quoted was this, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, this is Jesus' words, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have you? Have you? Do you not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore... You are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Gandhi thought those words were so incredible, he chose to live by them. There was a movie made about Gandhi where he was walking the street uh, of a city that had racist laws that didn't allow people of his color to walk on the sidewalk. And he was walking with the pastor and a group of men were up ahead of him who uh, were white and were going to now uh, enact violence on Gandhi for only walking on a sidewalk because of the color of his skin. And the pastor said, what are we going to do? And Gandhi said, I think we're going to keep walking on the sidewalk. 
And the pastor said, what are you going to do if they hit you? And he said, well, what does your Bible say to do? Doesn't it say to turn the other cheek? And in the scene in the movie, the pastor says to Gandhi, he says, I always thought that was a metaphor. And Gandhi says, that's your problem. It's not. And, and that was a key moment in the movie to show the path to freedom. Time tested. It worked. It worked. Years later, Martin Luther King Jr., who's one of my heroes, one of many people's heroes. By the way, as a pastor, how do you not love Martin Luther King Jr.? He led nonviolent protests in an independence movement in our country. And he actually read Gandhi, but even more, he studied the Bible and he lived out the Bible. And he showed the greatest strength you could imagine at a time of hatred, at a time of violence. I would say this, too many white churches didn't stand with him. Too many churches, churches, back then was the most segregated place in the United States was on Sunday morning. Today, that's still too true, by the way. Too many churches didn't go join him. A man who let out in the name of Christ, a man who preached God's word, man, all his sermons were amazing. A man who stood for injustice at the cost eventually of his own life. But it was always, always done in a way that honored God, always nonviolent. The strongest form of resistance there can be. Because why? You couldn't get him to hate. You couldn't get him to evil. You couldn't get him to darkness. He shined. He loved. He moved this nation. Time tested. It's time tested that that's what we need to do. But I want to not miss this. He, he showed us the problem back then was real. And the path to peace was walked with Jesus. Some might say today, well, what happened? Well, we don't have Martin Luther King Jr. now. But we do have the church. We do have Christians, including George Floyd's family. Terrence Floyd, his brother, went, and I don't know about you, but I was moved with deep emotion when I saw the scene of him kneeling at the spot that his brother died and praying. And then Terrence Floyd prayed, and then he called for peace. He said, quote, my family's a peaceful family. My family's a religious family. And he asked us not to dishonor George Floyd's memory by using it to be violent. Um, what a man of courage. What a man of faith. What a man who would be willing to stand up and speak out. Um, and I want to say, praise God, he's one of us. Christian. A brother. And we lost George Floyd, a brother. We lost... a. Botham John, a brother. Uh, uh, we lost so many others, too. And it doesn't matter if they're Christian or not, because you know what? All lives matter. Black lives matter. And uh, I know some people get mad when you say all lives matter. I'm just going to tell you, I don't care if you get mad. All lives matter. His Latinos matter. Asians matter. The Middle Eastern people who have undergone hatred in our country uh, because they're from the Middle East. Uh, I watched a friend of mine who's got his doctorate from Oxford, 
and he's a, a man from India with dark, dark, dark skin. I was with him one time when someone actually could not have treated him with more disrespect. His life matters. His life matters. And uh, it might shock you to know the Bible's teaching that the people who are doing these things that should they should be held accountable for, and they should, your life can matter too if you just get right with God and quit the hatred and quit the violence and, and quit that. And if, if there was even a chance of redeeming people, we need to do it. So that's where my thought process is right now. Um, that's where my heart has been broken. That is where I'm feeling. Uh, I already know this. This is so, subject is so loaded. Uh, it's that there's got to be somebody out there who going, Chuck, you said the wrong thing. And you're probably going to get mad at me. Um, And you can. And I want to tell you that if you do, then maybe I'm wrong and I need to apologize to you. But the one thing I won't do is hate you. The one thing I won't do is look down on you. And the one thing I won't do is have a problem with you if you have a problem with me. Because maybe you should. But I'm not going to be silent either. I'm not going to be quiet either. Um, I, I want to be a pastor who loves in the name of Jesus, who lives for the cause of Christ and leads a church that wants to do the same. And so we want to make sure that we're a community that is diverse and we treasure the diversity. We treasure the love. We treasure we're family. We treasure all of us who are Christians. We're children of God. And by the way, that is very, very real, regardless of the color of our skin or our ethnic background. And one day, according to Revelation chapter seven, we'll all stand together side by side, shoulder by shoulder, in heaven. People from every tribe and tongue and nation. And that's what's going to happen in heaven. So Jesus said to pray these words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven one day we'll stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side as family. We will get a taste of heaven on earth when we can stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side, from all races, all tongues, every tribe, every nation, loving each other, caring about each other. And I long for that day. So let's hasten that day as we also hasten the coming of the Lord. So again, feel free to let me know how you feel. And I I really care about how you feel. Uh, You can actually email me, chuck at crossroadschurch.com. You could put it uh, uh, on our website. You know, there's ways to do that on our Facebook, uh, Crossroads CA, on our Instagram And uh, we're going to care about your opinion. Uh, We may not agree, but we're going to care about it. And we're going to pray that God does something great. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. Uh, May God bless you. Uh, May you uh, find God's love with you. May we walk the path of peace together with Jesus. God bless you.